Welcome to American Indian and Alaskan Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaskan Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to today's show. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're doing something exciting today. We're actually experimenting with multiple platforms for American Indian Living and American Indian and Alaska Native Living, which is our new name for our show. But uh, we're going to be trying to get content out on a variety of platforms. And today to launch a new season of broadcasts with our new name for the show. Some people have been saying, well, Dr. DeRose, you've been helping people in Alaska. You've done programming in Alaska. And we don't feel like you need to put Alaska Native in the title of the program. We're just working with uh, indigenous peoples throughout North America. And uh, some of our, our colleagues and some of the folks that we've been working with in Alaska said it would really be nice to identify Alaska Natives in the, uh, in the title of your show and in the title of the magazine. And uh, that's what our team has decided to do. So it's American Indian and Alaska Native Living. That's what our uh, title will be going forward. Of course, we may be playing some classic shows from time to time that have the old American Indian Living uh, headline title, if you will. But uh, this is the uh, inaugural show, and we've got a great guest to help us. His name is uh, Dr. Eddie Ramirez. Eddie, it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for inviting me, Dr. David. Uh, it's a privilege to be here on your show. I have heard a lot of good things about this program throughout the years. Well, Eddie, we do go back a ways, and uh, I know we had the privilege of working together in Oklahoma. So we have mm -hmm. roots in, in Indian country together. I know you have uh, roots from uh, uh, peoples south of the border. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you identify with indigenous peoples. That's right. I actually uh, ran the 23andMe test on myself, and um, uh, the results came. I'm 60% um, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, Italian, and a uh, little bit of Jewish, and 40% uh, uh, Native American blood. And it's very interesting. Um, they were able to pinpoint the, the two uh, peoples that I'm... Um, related to. One is from northern Mexico, close to Texas, and the second one from middle Mexico. Um, those, uh, I'm related to, to those natives and I'm very interested myself in uh, learning more about that history myself. I'm proud about it. <laughs> well, it's just great to have you on the show. So you have those uh, indigenous roots uh, uh, from south of where many of uh, our listeners come from, but I know there's this resonance with indigenous peoples and practices. And you've done a lot of research. You're a published researcher as well as an MD. And your research over the years has really looked at more natural or, uh, should we say, at lifestyle and natural-based therapies. Tell us a little bit about your background, Eddie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I have actually uh, 27 years that I have been somehow linked to the term that you mentioned, lifestyle medicine. So uh, in these places, uh, what we do, we try to identify the causes of the disease uh, through the habits and so forth. 
And by improving their diet, their exercise, resting patterns, thinking patterns, that has a therapeutic effect. So I have had the privilege of being a, a director of research for many years before moving to Pennsylvania. And um, we were documenting what effect does those behaviors have at the level of the physical and mental health. Um, my other name by, 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 that I used to publish is a Francisco, like San Francisco, Francisco Ramirez. Uh, if any of the audience wants to check out the research I have done, Francisco Ramirez Research Gate. Uh, it's a, a free site where they can go and access that research and learn more about what I have been doing. Very good. It's exciting to have you. And of course, I mentioned our connection goes back to Oklahoma, where we were interfacing on various lifestyle medicine projects in that part of the country. And that's really where I came into close contact with First Nation peoples and began working a lot uh, in the area of diabetes. We had uh, many tribes, of course, there in Oklahoma that were very interested in things. We were doing at a facility called the Lifestyle Center of America. And I know, Eddie, that you were uh, part of, uh, of some of the things that were happening there. And uh, I just found it really interesting. While I was there in Oklahoma, indigenous person after indigenous person would come up to me and they'd say, Dr. DeRose, what you folks are doing here at this center, this is like our traditional native values. Mm -hmm. Because we weren't giving people just a bunch of drugs, medication, surgeries. We we're looking at these natural strategies. So I know you've sensed that resonance with your own indigenous roots and with people that you've worked with, Eddie. Uh, tell us a little bit about why this major transition, because you were leading research out at Weimar Institute, as I understand, in California, and you just mentioned uh, now being based in Pennsylvania. Yeah, this is just a, a recent uh, transition, and we are here less than uh, three months, and um, uh, an opportunity came to lead um, an organization that is quite mature, has uh, more than uh, 30 years of existence, and they have uh, this vision to do uh, community education, to empower people to make better choices, to train uh, lay people uh, how to reach their communities and really create change. So that's an opportunity that opened up to lead uh, this uh, nonprofit. And um, we took that step. It was interesting. All this happened during the time of COVID. So everything was done via Zoom. I had not visited Pennsylvania uh, at all. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we were uh, one of those that uh, had to move, you know, in, the, in this type of atmosphere in order to take that decision. Well, it's an exciting journey that you're on. And I know throughout Indian country, there's been a strong commitment to community health workers, community health representatives, uh, depending on you know, where you're at, uh, they may be called different things, lay health leaders. These individuals make a big difference in Indian country. And you're really trying to take what, what sounds to me, and, and you can tell me if I'm not hearing you correctly, Dr. Ramirez, sounds like you're trying to take that concept and expand it, not just to people who may have a special calling or a special work commitment to do that type of service in their community, but really saying that there's roles for every person 
to be involved in the health of their community. Am I reading between the lines yep. correctly? You are completely right, and that's the that's kind of the goal. Everybody, we believe, has a special role. As when you see a human body, you see different uh, organs and so forth. They all work for the benefit of each other. And every organ is important. You cannot just go and cut something and say, oh, it's fine. It has implications if you cut something. In the same way, our communities, they have different talents. They have different abilities. And if we can harness that, we can see that it's a win-win for everybody as we uh, put that spirit of service and try to meet the needs of the communities. This is uh, exciting, and we want to make it very practical for folks tuning in to the show today, Eddie. So let's talk about some of the practical things you've been doing already to equip people. I know you reached out to me a little while ago about wanting to host a, a really, I would say, very high-powered uh, summit uh, called I Thrive. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what that was uh, designed to do. Yeah, we started the, the ground running and uh, that was one of the very first projects that we started. Um, it's called the iTribe Summit. You can visit the website, iTribeSummit.com. And basically it was to find uh, leaders in the field of lifestyle medicine and to communicate simple things that you can do to improve your overall health. And we were treating this from the different angles of the human being, from the nutrition to the physiology, to the mental, to the psychological, and so forth. And uh, yeah, we received uh, fantastic uh, feedback. Uh, we had people from literally all over the world uh, wow. participating and watching these uh, uh, seminars. And it was a, a tremendous uh, blessing to see, you know, the response that we had from the input that we were receiving as people were watching this event live. Now, that is exciting. And one of the things we want to do in today's show is we want to talk about some of those insights, those cutting-edge insights that were communicated at the iThrive Summit. If you say, boy, I would have loved to take part in that whole summit, as uh, Eddie mentioned, iThriveSummit.com. Is that right? Or is That's correct. iThriveSummit.com. The letter I, the word thrive, summit.com is the place to get information. And my understanding is you're making accessible all the, is it video or audio presentations from that summit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so our purpose is to give to the community, and that's why we have received freely, we're going to give freely, and therefore every single of those lectures is available in the website. Uh, you can either watch it or listen to the, to the audio uh, completely free. There's no strings attached or anything. You can just visit there. And in fact, we encourage you to share this with others as uh, these uh, uh, lectures have uh, very important information that our communities need to know about because uh, our health depends on that. Well, let's just make it practical. So someone's listening right now. They may not be able to stay with us for the whole hour. Give us one practical thing that someone could do right now that could make a difference in their health. That's right. Um, have order in your life. 
I actually did uh, one research project on, on that subject. We were analyzing a group of 5,000 people, and we were trying to determine, does having regularity in your eating and your sleeping, does that have an impact on your mental health? We tabulated that against a, a score of a depression test that they took. And you could clearly see the correlation between those people that have a disorganized life, they're eating at all times, they don't have a regular time of sleeping and waking up. The depression scores in that group tended to be much higher compared to those that are regular and have order in their life. So order is something very important. Uh, interesting thing. I don't hear too many people talking about it, but we have internal clocks inside of us. And when we work with those clocks, it's much better than working against them. It's a very, very interesting observation. For years, many of us have observed that people will often be on a typical schedule Monday through Friday, and then the mm -hmm. weekend comes and they throw the whole schedule out. And then we have you know problems Monday when people are coming back to work. Yep. Is this a manifestation of the disorderliness that we often bring in when we think we've got a break? Yeah, that's right. That's what I tell my audiences as I uh, speak around the world. I've been to 85 countries, and I can tell you, every single audience that I talk about that, I ask him, uh, you know, how come you feel like that on Monday, you know? And we start thinking about it. Sure enough, you know, we stay in bed later and uh, we went to bed later and the eating pattern change and so forth. So by the time Monday comes, everybody feels horrible. No wonder because we disturb those internal cycles that we have inside of us. So that's why try to learn to work with your program instead of working against those clocks that you have. This is exciting. So you're going to be teaching us a number of things in this uh, series of uh, discussions that we'll have over the course of this program that will help people, Eddie. Uh, you said you actually publish research on this topic. Is mm -hmm. that correct? That's correct. You can find that on, uh, on that ResearchGate page that I, that I mentioned. Again, for those that just tune in, Francisco, like San Francisco, Francisco Ramirez ResearchGate will take you to that page on, on Google. I definitely want to do that, Eddie. I want to go to uh, ResearchGate and check out this paper. Sounds very exciting. I know you got a lot of other great material that you're going to be sharing with our listeners, and we don't want to miss it. I am staying by. Dr. Eddie Ramirez will uh, continue with us on today's show. Don't go away. We've got a lot more coming up right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at AIANL.org. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, AIANL.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. For 13 and one half years, I was the victim of severe child abuse. I was being beaten, cursed, and deprived of any kind of love and care. It was a big secret. Children are born to be loved, not to be abused. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to. 
someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to today's show. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With me, Dr. Eddie Ramirez. Dr. Ramirez is an MD, but he's especially well-known for his work in research. We've been speaking some about his pioneering lifestyle medicine research, including simple things like following the practices that your elders have told you about, being on a regular schedule, some of these values that cross cultural lines that we've, uh, well, in our era of electric lights and uh, 24-7 uh, internet programming, we've uh, found ourselves uh, often on the wrong side of our circadian rhythms, our body clocks. Eddie, but there's a lot more that you've been looking at in your work, and the iThrive website features a lot of those researchers. For those just joining us, tell us again what iThrive is all about. That's right. So iThrive was an event that we organized in which we were bringing uh, different experts from different fields. Um, and the idea was to communicate uh, simple, practical things that you can do in order to improve your overall health and be able to have a good, abundant life. That is, uh, that's quite the vision. And you were sharing with us some of the uh, featured speakers, if you will. You just gave us kind of a, a broad outline. You brought uh, internationally recognized people who are working in the area of lifestyle medicine. But I know we were wanting to segue to some of those specific examples. And I know one of the big topics that always comes up when I'm traveling throughout Indian country is diabetes. You really had a very interesting focus, I understood, on diabetes. And since I wasn't able to attend, I'm looking forward to learning maybe some of the things that you gleaned from that very uh, special emphasis. Tell us about it. 
Yes. Um, uh, also, diabetes in parentheses, a, a personal passion of, of, of mine as a Latino people, you know, very much affected by this uh, diabetes epidemic. But anyhow, um, one of our speakers, uh, Dr. Kaleoba, uh, originally from the Czech Republic, um, she did this uh, uh, control trial in which she had uh, two groups and uh, both groups had uh, the same amount of food, same amount of calories. The only thing that changed is one group was eating multiple meals throughout the day. The, the second group was eating only twice a day. And the interesting thing, even though they were eating the same food, the group eating the twice a, a day plan, uh, their insulin resistance improved. In other words, their body was able to decrease their fasting uh, glucose. Um, both groups, as they were measured in, in the different body measurements, um, the people following the two meals a day, they were able to lose weight and um, actually uh, report feeling overall better than the other group eating the multiple meals. Now, this is really interesting. You started by saying they were eating the same number of calories. And as I'm listening to you, though, it wasn't just the same number of calories. This was actually the very same foods, the very same menu. Am I hearing you right? Exactly. Exactly. No difference in the, in the, in, in, in the menu. Well, what's so interesting about this is a lot of folks over the years have said, well, you're better off to graze, just eat throughout the day. Uh, many people think, well, this was a more natural way to eat. But even in many indigenous societies, people did not eat that way. I'm, I'm not trying to generalize to any given tribe or any given group of people, but many people did have some type of fixed meal time. Why does that seem to be beneficial? I mean, the study says that it lowers insulin resistance, but do we have any insight into why that would be? Yeah, it's uh, multiple possible explanations. Um, one of them is the fact that our digestive system needs some rest. And if we don't let the system regenerate and constantly work it and work it and work it, that has uh, negative implications regarding GI. But also talking about uh, what we were mentioning briefly at the beginning about the clock genes, it seems there is that clock gene in us um, in which when we work with it, when we understand it better, better results happen. So our bodies handle food better early in the day than late in the evening. Just a research uh, um, um, uh, one research paper came out recently that was showing that people that eat after 6 p.m., they tend to gain weight and their weight tends to, um, to, to, to get worsened if they continue that practice. Again, this has to do with that timing and working with our clocks instead of against them. So one of the take-home messages that we're sharing with listeners to today's show is if you're trying to watch your weight, if you're trying to improve your diabetes, eat your calories earlier in the day and try to condense them into maybe two meals instead of multiple meals. Am I hearing that right? That's correct. And that's something um, that I documented in another research paper, full-length paper that we published uh, recently about a year uh, from now. Um, in that paper, we were taking people that follow that two meals a day plan 
uh, that participated of an 18-day program called the New Start Program up in Weimar, California. And we took one year of data of every single one of those participants that had high blood pressure. And as you know, the sister of diabetes is high blood pressure, part of that uh, metabolic syndrome. An interesting finding that we, uh, that we were able to document on that paper is that 93% of the people that participated of that 18-day program, either we had to stop their blood pressure medication, which was a big majority of, of those participants, or we had to decrease their blood pressure medication as the blood pressure was improving in a matter of 18 days. This is the beauty about this. This is how fast the healing starts to take place. Um, as they were being followed by a physician, he was, who was measuring and checking, um, he's the one that determined that these people had to lower their blood pressure medication. Now, you and I, of course, have common roots, although we weren't there at the same time. We both worked on the staff there of, of Weimar Institute in Northern mm -hmm. California, and uh, it's an exciting program. But, of course, it was doing more than just limiting meal timing, right? That's right. Uh, this is a whole package. Uh, it's called the New Start Program because it has N for uh, nutrition, E for exercise, W for water, S for sunlight, T for temperance, which means moderate use of the good things, abstinence of harmful things, A for fresh air, R for proper rest, and T for trust, which encompasses the relationship, relational, um, emotional, spiritual aspects of the human being. So we're dealing with all those aspects at one, together with the two meals a day. So it's a powerful approach. And what's interesting to me, Dr. Ramirez, is you've been doing research on this. You've been actually training students in research. And I think that's an interesting sidelight, too. Uh, just an interesting perspective. You're now in Pennsylvania. I'm actually recording this show from uh, Indiana today. And I was just visiting with someone here, uh, not all that far from me, uh, in the so-called Hoosier State here in Indiana. And this fellow was saying his daughter just went out to Weimar Institute there in Northern California to go to college. What's so unique about what they're doing out there? And then we'll, we'll talk about how you're taking some of those principles to Pennsylvania with you. So tell us why a student would come from Indiana to a, a very small school. Isn't it a, a, quite a small college there? That's right. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a college located in the east part of Sacramento on the way to Lake Tahoe. And the interesting thing, the approach of that place is that somebody shouldn't just be trained at the uh, mental aspect of things, but you need to take the student and help them improve in all their aspects. So that's why in that campus, uh, healthy food is served and people love it, you know, um, uh, drugs and alcohol and those type of things they just don't come to that campus. You know, the, the, the students that, that, that come there, they are interested about improving themselves and so forth. And one very special thing that that college does that many other places uh, would be good for them to follow is that one um, afternoon per month, every single student and staff of the institution goes out to the community to do volunteer work. We go and help cut wood on some people, paint a wall, um, clean a yard. 
And in that way, the community benefits. The community knows that we are there. The community appreciates the fact that that institution is there. And the students learn that spirit of service that is so much needed in today's world. Now, this is interesting. So it's just one afternoon a month that they do this? One afternoon per week. Per week. Okay. Yeah, I thought I had heard that it was more frequent. So it's one afternoon per week that they're out there serving in the community. Is is it a specific afternoon, like the whole campus shuts down and everyone goes out and does projects, or is it staggered? That's right. It's it's, uh, every Wednesday afternoon is when, when this happens. This is just fascinating. And I know you're wanting to take some of those things back uh, with you there to Pennsylvania. We want to talk about that in, in just a few minutes. We do have to step away just uh, briefly, but before we do, one more time, if people want more information about what you're doing and some of the great content you pulled together with iThrive, how do they access that? So you can access the videos and audios for free uh, at the website iThriveSummit.com. I thrivesummit.com. Very good. Dr. Ramirez will be staying by. So will I. I encourage you to do the same. Dr. David DeRose will be back with more on today's edition of our program right after this. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. The most negative thinking in my childhood was the things said to me. I felt like I was a bag of garbage waiting to go to the dump. Please, moms and dads, put a watch on your mouth as you relate to your children. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to. Someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Heard-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Every year, hundreds of teens drown. If your teen hasn't learned to swim yet, it's never too late. Even if your teen is a strong swimmer, make sure to supervise kids of any age. No one should swim alone. Teach them to enter the water feet first, wear life jackets on a boat, and never use alcohol or drugs on the water. Drowning is preventable. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs and dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. 
Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose and with Dr. Eddie Ramirez. We're talking about things that can dramatically change your life. We've been speaking about an innovative program called iThrive. You can tune in to the events free of charge. Uh, they've all taken place. They've been recorded at iThriveSummit.com. The visionary behind it is a researcher and physician by the name of Eddie Ramirez. He's been with us from the top of the hour. Eddie, you uh, are looking at all kinds of innovative things. And during the break, you were telling me about, well, trying to get people more fit. What's up your sleeve along those lines? That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm personally a runner, has been for many, many years. And um, this is something that we want to encourage in the communities to start more uh, physical movement and so forth. So uh, a new project that we have, we're going to start a virtual uh, 5K and one mile uh, run or walk. And um, the idea is from people from literally all over the world to join in in a virtual way, uh, you will receive a, a bib, you know, that you will be using during your, your run and so forth. And uh, also, uh, you're going to be getting a, a medal and you're going to be getting a shirt, uh, some motivation for finishing uh, that distance. You have got me intrigued. I have never, now maybe other people are doing this, I've never heard of a virtual 5K run. So, uh where did this idea come from? Is this a, a popular thing that I've just missed out on? Well, I heard a friend, a, a relative of close relative of mine that enjoys running. She mentioned something about doing a virtual race. And I went ahead and looked it up and said, hey, that's something that we can uh, do here in, uh, uh, in this organization. So we decided to go for it. And uh, uh, the idea is that you have... Um, a few days to do that activity. And then when you finish, uh, you give us those times and uh, we tabulate the time and, and uh, you can do it in a treadmill. You can do it outside if you have the possibility of going outside. And uh, the idea is that um, families uh, should encourage, you know, the movement. It's good to, to move. We're made to move. And that's the idea behind it, rather than uh, competition to beat each other, but rather more the movement and enjoyment of doing this exercise. Now, you got me fascinated. People are going to have numbers like they're actually running in a race? That's right. You sign up for the race. You're going to receive a PDF file uh, that you print and you put your number as if you're doing your, your race and you can do it on your schedule, you know, for some, the morning may work for them, the evening may work and so forth. Well, you've really got my interest. How can people find out more about this virtual run? Yes, uh, we would love for each one of you. Again, if you're not a runner, it's okay. You can actually walk it. Um, it's called fitfamilyrun.com. Again, fitfamilyrun.com. 
www.ghanimbrand.com. The website is there. You can get all the information. You can sign up. And um, again, we are a nonprofit organization. There's a small cost to participate, but our goal is to break even. This is actually a subsidized event. We're not doing this to, you know, generate funds and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to give to the communities. Okay. Fit, like being fit, like not being out of shape. Fit. That's correct. Family run. Dot com. Dot com. Yep. Okay. You got it. Well, you must have featured things on fitness in the I Thrive Summit. Did you have someone who shared material that really resonated with you, Eddie, and with the participants there? Yes, uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Jay Sutliff. He's a, uh, a doctor, has a doctorate, and he's a professor in um, Arizona. In fact, he does some work with Native Americans there, um, the Page area and so forth. And um, uh, he was uh, sharing his passion of him is to create change at the community level. Hmm. So he has been teaming up um, with uh, different uh, experts and created these different programs in which groups of people start doing the positive lifestyle changes. They motivate each other as they're going along the the journey. They're learning together. They're having fun together. And he has been able to actually uh, publish a few studies Mm. on the subject, demonstrating that it is possible to make positive change in communities, even communities that sometimes may be uh, considered difficult to change, it is possible to make those changes. So he was sharing a little bit how um, the exercise and the dietary changes and, and so forth, the mechanics, how to do that in a practical way during his seminar. So this is exciting. You've been talking with us about practical things we can do, and you've just given us a message that even if you're in a community, you're tuning in today to the show and you're saying, wow, I mean, how can I do this in our community? There's so many challenges. Eddie's saying real research showing that even communities that look difficult to change. I know some of you are not necessarily in an indigenous community. You may be in an urban area. You may be just a handful of uh, identifiable Native Americans in the community that you're in, and you're saying, well, how can I help change in this community? But the message is it can happen. And, Eddie, you've been sharing with us practical things that we can do. We can be on a more regular schedule. We can be uh, narrowing or eating at fewer uh, times of day rather than more times a day. We can be avoiding those evening meals. You've been giving us these practical suggestions, getting regular exercise. What else is on that list of things that you've been studying in your research, things you've published on, or things that you featured in the I Thrive Summit that my listeners should hear about today? Well, another um, big uh, segment of my research has been focused on mental health. Actually, about 70% of uh, all the the things I've been doing uh, is focused on on that. And uh, what we're finding out there is that mental health is something that we can do something about it. We have been uh, correlating different habits to mental health. And we're finding out that um, practical things that you may change can affect very much your mental health. For example, um, uh, a big problem on today's uh, uh, world is uh, benzodiazepines. I have a, um, 
uh, half a dozen or a dozen uh, studies on, on that. And what we're finding out is that uh, those benzodiazepines, for those of you not familiar with that term, uh, things like Xanax, Alprazolam, Lorazepam, this type of um, medications, in the short term, they make the person feel better. But unfortunately, in the long term, um, the brain gets uh, used to this medication and starts having some negative effects, not only with the anxiety, but with the depression. And what we're finding out is that in the long term, long term usage of these medications such as Xanax actually uh, worsen the mental health. Uh, therefore, we need to provide preventive uh, avenues so that we can avoid uh, going into this uh, benzodiazepines. And in that way, mental health improves and we avoid the, the problem with trying to get off those difficult to win off medications. This is such a fascinating subject. and It's a very practical one for me. I've been doing telemedicine lately, a lot mm -hmm. more demand for that with COVID-19 and one of the clinics where I worked uh, for a number of years, they've asked me if I could help because they have a real demand for people doing telemedicine. One of the people I just spoke with this week, Eddie, talking about this this topic of these uh, benzodiazepines. Some people in the old days, they thought of them as the Valium family of drugs. Uh, talking with this woman, she's dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And what do you think comes out of her mouth? Well, in the past, I really got help, and she mentioned Xanax. Uh, she could just as well have mentioned, you know, Valium or, or Ativan or one of these other yeah. benzodiazepines. And we had this discussion, much like you're talking. I didn't have all the good data that you're sharing, but I was telling her that, you know, this does not seem to be in her best interest. And uh, I just wish I had a little bit more ammunition like you're sharing because uh, that's fascinating. The research actually shows that these people long-term do worse. Now, we didn't give her the prescription. We gave her some other things, uh, other options. What would have been on your list for other natural options or other things that can help with anxiety? Yeah, we actually, I actually have a, a couple of studies on, on this subject. Um, oral lavender oil has a very similar effect to the uh, helping with the anxiety without the addictive potential that the benzodiazepines have. Hmm. And in our study, we had uh, people with top anxiety levels and uh, when we uh, help them, it's, it's a whole program, you know, it's the, the, the oral lavender oil together with helping improve the thoughts with the exercise, with the regularity, with better sleep, with a change of diet. Those people with top, top, top anxiety levels, they were able to come either to moderate or non-anxiety as a result of these interventions, the measurement was in a matter of eight weeks. Wow. Now, you did a lot of research with uh, Dr. Neil Nedley. Many people know his name. He's been uh, a guest on this show. Uh, I know he and I both spoke uh, recently at a, at a large uh, Native conference, Dr. Nedley giving one of the plenary sessions and, and me giving a breakout session. So Dr. Nedley's program, tell us a little bit about that if folks are not familiar with what you're referring to. That's right. So basically, it's uh, two programs. One of them is a 10-day residential, medical residential, 
Uh, when you come there, we become your doctor. We take you for the walks. We help you with the psychological aspects and, 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 and so forth. You get a, uh, a prescribed program for your mental health. And in a matter of 10 days, uh, data shows people with uh, uh, the highest numbers on um, on depression, they're able to leave the program with moderate or mild depression after 10 days. Wow. Now, if I, if I were to go to a community and start telling people all the different changes that we did in that program at once, it's too much. People are going to say, wait a minute, I cannot do so many changes, mm. you know? So what they have done, they broke down that ten, those principles from the 10-day program and they give them once a week for eight weeks. You start learning one uh, every week, a few principles. And by the end of the eight weeks, you're pretty much incorporating all those changes. And um, that program also is showing a response rate of about 89%. Wow. 89% of the people will improve their mental health. This is fantastic. Is there a place that people can get more information about this program, Eddie? Uh, yes, uh, you can uh, go to the website, uh, netlyhealthsolutions.com, and um, you can uh, find out more about that uh, program, or you can call 580-226-8007. Uh, again, 580-226-8007. Okay. Uh, you can learn more about it. Um, leaders can actually learn uh, how to do that program in their communities. Uh, there's a possibility for that also. That's great. And the website, again, is Nedley Health Solutions. Nedley being spelled uh, N-E-D-L-E-Y, correct? You got it. You got okay, it. we do have to step away. We're going to be back with a final segment with Dr. Eddie Ramirez. You don't want to miss it. We've got uh, that last segment, and it's got something really important that you don't want to miss. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Stay by. Coming up right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. If child abuse victims don't get counseling or help, they so often become abusers themselves. The victim doesn't make the decisions, they just take the orders. I got help, and so can you. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you own firearms, it's your responsibility to make sure they're always stored safely. Hiding them in a closet or drawer is not enough. Kids know where they are. Research shows the risk of injury and death is lower if guns are stored unloaded and locked up with the ammunition locked in a separate place. This is important when children are young as well as when they grow into teenagers. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. So I wanted to talk with you and your mom today, Lily, because some people at school have noticed changes going on with you, and we're concerned. Like what? Who? Some of your friends, teachers. It sounds like you've lost interest in a lot of things lately. You're hanging with new friends. So? So, individually, maybe those things are no big deal, but taken together, and then the incident the other day, 
You were with Derek when he was caught selling marijuana. Yeah, he was selling it. Honey, we know. But we care about you and, and want to know what's going on. That's right. We just want to understand better and see how we might help. And if weed is a part of it, we just want to make sure you understand the negative consequences for someone your age. The physical and mental health effects. The poor decision making. And the confusing legal aspects these days. So what do you say? Can we talk? For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Dr. Eddie Ramirez, medical doctor and researcher, he's now heading up a group called AWIN, a non-profit group in Pennsylvania. He's the executive director of that uh, team of people trying to make a difference in people's lives, not just in Pennsylvania, but uh, beyond, and he's sharing his vision with us here. Eddie, we've been speaking about making changes in communities, and before we share uh, an exciting story, I think it's a transformative story that uh, really you were front and, and center in the story, but we want folks to know that you're available. You have resources out there. We've been speaking about the I Thrive Summit at ithrivesummit.com, but how about if someone wants to tap into other things that you're doing or, or get in touch with you? How do they do that? Yep. Um, let me give you my uh, YouTube page. Um, it's called dreddyramirez.com. DR is in doctor, Eddie, E-D-D-I-E, Ramirez, R-A-M-I-R-E-Z.com. There's many videos there. Some of them are in other languages, but there's some in, in English that you can access. Everything is, is free there. There's also the Twitter account that I keep quite active, Eddie, E-D-D-I-E, Eddie, R-D-M-D. Eddie RDMD, and uh, I keep you the latest on studies and um, things to motivate you to continue those changes in your own life. So uh, those are some good resources to follow up. Now, Eddie, I know when you write your name professionally, we just typically see uh, Eddie Ramirez, MD, or in your uh, medical journals, Francisco uh, Ramirez, MD, but when I hear Eddie RDMD as a health professional, I'm asking the question, are you also a registered dietitian? It happens to be my two last names. You know, in the Spanish culture, you use two last names. So it's uh, Ramirez and Diaz. So uh, it's the RD there uh, from that RD. Okay. So <laughs> even though you do a lot with nutrition, you're actually not a registered dietitian. I am not a registered dietitian. Okay, well, thanks for, thanks for clearing that up. Okay, so let's come back. Now, you're going to tell us a story that took place some years ago when you were doing your medical training. Now, you trained in Mexico, correct? Yes, I trained in, in Mexico. I did the mathematics, and I could have done my medical school here, but realized I was going to get myself into a huge debt. Mm -hmm. So I said, why do I, get a, why do I need a huge debt? So I decided to go into medical school in Mexico, and... Uh, it went really well. Uh, I was 
trying to do the medical school while at the same time keeping a healthy lifestyle. Uh -huh. In fact, interesting, I never went to bed later than 10 p.m. During my medical uh, school, I would, uh, you know, uh, go to bed early and then wake up very early to catch up and, and, and so forth. And after my uh, schooling, uh, I was blessed and I was able to graduate first place in my class. Wow, tremendous. And um, the way the system works, um, you need to do one year of service to the government. So because I have graduated in first place in my class, from the list of possible places, I could choose any of those places because I was going to choose first when it came time to, to select the place. I had a, a good friend of mine. I called him and said, hey, can you give me some counsel here? You know, where should I go? You know, from all these places that I need to go. He said, well, you know, you should go to this place called San Felipe, south uh, from California. Uh, it's a little fishing village there with a lot of American and Canadians that retire in that area. Huh. So I started uh, interacting there uh, with a, a church there. We'll go there every weekend and... Um, I noticed that these people needed some help regarding their health. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing, I started uh, lecturing uh, every weekend there um, about uh, healthy living. Also, um, as you're aware, in the Latino community, uh, diabetes was so much of a big problem there in that community. But sadly, there was no community education for diabetes. So I talked to the Lions Club and different uh, community organizations. We got some funding to put some giant signs there in the roads. I talked to the mayor. He said, look, there's the library. You can use it anytime you want to. So I started this diabetes club there in town. And then another church heard that I was teaching this other church about it. So they said, you need to come to our church and teach us also. So <laughs> I'm going to the two different churches teaching people how to do these practical changes. I ran some cholesterol lowering programs there. We take blood, make changes, and then take blood again to show that cholesterol actually goes down quite fast when you do this type of changes. And one challenge I started having, because this is a small town, there's not a big, big stores or anything. The stores that were providing the food, it was all these refined foods, not the most healthy foods. Mm. So I went and talked to the owners of the business mm -hmm. and said, look, you guys, if you guys bring me healthy foods, I'm going to give you a list of things I need here. Um, if you bring them, I'll mention those things when I do my lectures. At the beginning, uh, the owners didn't really believe me, so they just brought two or three things so I could shut up, you know? Uh -huh. Man, people came there and bought everything, and they were, like, fighting with the owner. Hey, <laughs> doctor, the doctor said you're going to have this. How come you don't have it? <laughs> <laughs> so now the owners knew, you know, this was serious. And they started stocking up their store, you know, with tofu and almond milk and all these <laughs> good things. And um, not only that, as especially the American group and Canadian group that I was uh, uh, helping, as they started going to uh, the restaurants in town, they started realizing, hey, there's not too many healthy options here. Uh -huh. uh, how come you guys don't have such and such thing? And uh, the restaurants started making changes and changing the menus. So 
it was major revolution there in that uh, little town uh, that can be possible in your communities because we have, as consumers, we have the power. What we choose is what the store is going to sell us. I think that's such a powerful message. I can remember visiting places in Indian country where the health professionals, they were bemoaning just what you were sharing, you know, the poor options that were there. In fact, the health-destroying options, I mean, whole aisles of things that they're just looking, they're saying, well, what can the people eat? This is all they've got access to. But what you're sharing, Eddie, is a message of empowerment. Uh, if you're tuning in today to the broadcast and you're saying, hey, we're in a small community, we maybe just have one grocery store, uh, what are we going to do? You really have power as you start making changes and asking restaurants, store owners to carry different things, they'll respond if you get that messaging out and then you buy those things, right, Eddie? Yes, I mean, years later, I visited the, the community and still the, uh, those stores carry all these you know, healthy products and so forth. They're selling them. They're selling so the owner keeps on bringing what people are buying. You know? That's the, the name of the game to make that change. I mean, that is tremendous. So, Eddie, we are in the closing minutes of the program, and I know you've shared a number of great resources, a lot of great insights, practical things that people can do to be healthier. We'd like to give uh, just uh, another reminder of how people can tap into some of these great resources. So how about some of these websites, uh, Twitter accounts, other things sure. that you want to leave with people? Yep, I'll repeat the, the research website, Francisco. Ramirez ResearchGate is a repository where people can go and access all that research for free. Uh, the Twitter account, Eddie RDMD. And uh, the YouTube page, DREddieRamirez.com. And if you do Instagram, also DREddieRamirez. Uh, you'll find me there on Instagram where I post there, where my seminars are going on and so forth. So you can also get involved many times there by Zoom and you can able to, you're able to connect and, and learn more about it. Now, one of the other two things that folks uh, got engaged about was the iThrive program. How many hours of presentations were actually involved with that? Yep, we started the event at um, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and we finish at 7. There were some breaks about it, so you can have a little idea of uh, how many lectures, uh, 10 speakers that we had that day. And so how would people access those? Can you give us that uh, information again? Mm -hmm. You can uh, access that, uh, ithrive.com. That will take you to that website, and the videos are there, free. I'm not, we're not selling you absolutely anything. And, in fact, we plan to do this event next year, so you can also get an update there on dates and so forth. And then the last thing, remind us, you talked about this very innovative 5K run or one-mile run walk. How can someone, if they say, hey, I heard him mention that, but give us that one more time how someone can participate in it. That's right. It is fitfamilyrun.com. Fitfamilyrun.com. And you can sign up there and um, spec the materials and so forth. Eddie, you have just uh, been a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge for us, and you've shared so many great resources. I just really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us today. 
No, thank you so much for the invitation. It's a pleasure of mine, and I have a, a big heart for the native people, and I hope this can add to their benefits. Thank you so much. Well, that's all for today's edition of the broadcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. And as always, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.